It is great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We appreciate so much our listeners tuning in, and uh, it's such a, so encouraging to hear from our listeners. We appreciate you listening to Search the Scriptures and studying with us, many of you on a daily basis or close to it, and that is so encouraging for us. Heard from a lady just a few days ago who is listening far away from Omaha, and she listens all the time. And she was calling and talking about a spiritual matter that was pertaining to her life that she was concerned about. And again, that is so encouraging for us to hear from our listeners, even those who are far away. And we hope that this program is making a difference for good in your life. We hope that it is equipping you to be better students of God's word and thereby come closer to God. We hope that you are growing spiritually and we do pray for you all of the time that you are moving toward that point where you can make that right decision as to what you're going to do about following God his way. And as I say, we care about you and we pray for you all of the time. It's good to be here today to study along with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be in this study with you. I can't think of anything more better and probably more pleasing to God than when we study his word together and when we seek to know the truth, that is, the truth as God would have us know it and respond to it according to his will. I love this, and I'm very encouraged that we have a listening audience who is responding to it with phone calls and visits. Encourage you to keep that up. It's good to be in this study with Dennis Stackhouse as well. Thank you, Duane and Gary. I'm certainly very blessed to be with you on the program today. And I would like to offer a word of welcome to those who are listening. We're certainly pleased to have you here on Search the Scriptures with us today. You know, you're absolutely right, Duane, when you speak about the importance of getting into God's Word and really understanding it and then living it out, you know, not just hearing it, but actually doing it. Yes. Uh, Paul reminds us in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, that we can be approved to God as workers who do not need to be ashamed. But then he goes on to say the way that we can do that is by rightly dividing the word of truth. And that pertains exactly to what you said. We need to be students of the word, and we also need to be people who put that word into action in our lives. Right. Faith comes, simply put, by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Exactly right. How are we going to get strong faith, develop strong faith, without getting into God's word? Mm -hmm. That's what Search the Scriptures is all about. Now we want to continue in this series of studies entitled Upward, Inward, and Outward. In our last program we concluded the first part of this study. We were talking about looking upward mm -hmm. to God. People who are feeling unfulfilled in their lives, feeling that there's a lack of meaning there, not knowing what direction to take in life, terribly uncertain about what life is all about, how are they supposed to you know, look and live, and where's that happiness that seems to be so elusive for so many people, and that there's so much talk about and so much written about in our society today, we need to look upward. Mm -hmm. We need to look up toward God. 
A lot of people look in the wrong places. <laughs> in fact, I suspect that a great many people, if not the vast majority, look in the wrong places. Right. Moses gave us a lesson on looking in the right place. We have a reference made to that in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 25. What does that say, Dwayne? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. The passing pleasures of sin. Moses made a decision. And when it says to, that he chose to, to, to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, that means in essence he chose to follow God rather than to live in sin. Right. Mm -hmm. Now it's interesting that there is the mention there of pleasures associated with sin. Sure. Well, there are some momentary pleasures associated mm -hmm. with some sinful endeavors, aren't there? Yeah. Certainly people wouldn't be attracted to it if that were not the case. No. Yes, that's part of the allure. Mm -hmm. That's part of the temptation right. that the devil puts out there. Mm -hmm. In fact, we might say that's the bait on the hook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's the, it's the thing that keeps the sinner returning to sin in such a way that they live a sinful lifestyle. Yes, yes. But that pleasure is, as pointed out in Hebrews 11 verse 25, passing. Or as another version says, fleeting. fleeting. Mm -hmm. It's temporary. Temporary. Mm -hmm. And to get that pleasure again, you've got to keep coming back to it. Yes. You do. And probably on a more frequent basis. Mm-hmm. And there is where you then fall into the trap of sin. See, the temporary pleasure is the bait on the hook. And the hook is the sin. Yes. It's not fulfilling. It's not lasting. No. It's not what people are really looking for. And it destroys the soul. Absolutely. Now, other people look to money and the things that money can buy. We would call this in a fairly descriptive technical term, materialism. But it's simply money and the things that money can buy. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, what does Jesus say about looking in the area of materialism, money, the things that money can buy for happiness? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If money and the things that money can buy are the driving force in your life, then that's where your life's going to be centered. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yet how many times do we read of or see on the news extremely wealthy people who are living a life anything but happy? Yeah. And many of them actually destroy their lives, even committing suicide in many cases. But if not outright suicide, they destroy their lives through sinful practices. Now they've yeah. coupled, coupled what we read about in Hebrews 11:25 with the pursuit of money perhaps. Mm -hmm. And that simply fuels, one fuels the other uh, perhaps. And, and so then they end up overdosing on drugs, becoming alcoholics, yeah. losing their families, lo losing everything ultimately. Mm -hmm. And yeah. certainly losing their souls. Yeah, money, fame, 
property, anything they could ask for, but they are miserable people, miserable, and they, and they many times die that way. Jesus said, don't look to treasures on earth. Right. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, what do we read there, Dwayne? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Covetousness we could liken to greed. Yes. Undue fixation on money and the things money can buy mm -hmm. or other things that mm -hmm. we might be greedy for. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says very succinctly there that our life does not consist in the abundance of the things which we possess. Having more and more things is not going to get us real happiness, is not going to get us eternal life. Right. Now let's look at one more reading here along this line. Dennis, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now that really could be a commentary on what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Yes, yes it is. And very, something that we really need to pay attention to, give heed to. Mm -hmm. So all of these directions that people are going that are not following the direction leading to God for happiness, they're coming up short. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they'll continue to come up short, yes, and especially sir. in the long term. All right, so fulfilling happiness and meaning for life and enrichment and hope and real meaningful direction, not found in any of these directions, not no. found in, in sinful endeavors, not found in money or the things money can buy, or anywhere else except in God. Mm -hmm. That's right. Ultimate happiness and fulfillment, the deepest meaning for your life can be found through this three-step process that we're looking at. Three lines of sight. You need to look upward, you need to look inward, and you need to look outward. Now, first thing, and we spent a long, we spent five programs going over this. You need to look upward. Let's just quickly make some basic points from that particular study. Genesis 1 and verse 1, what does that say? In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God is your creator, your only creator. In Revelation 19 and verse 6, how does that read, Dennis? And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. The Lord God omnipotent reigns, all-powerful, mm -hmm. almighty. God is also holy, isn't he, Dwayne? That's right. Psalm 111 and verse 9. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. 
Boy, and I really like that word awesome. Mm -hmm. See, that's not just a teenage vernacular. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> In the late 20th and early 21st century. That goes all the way back to God's word in Old Testament times. Holy and awesome is his name. And that's what we're talking about. People have got to look upward and recognize God as God. He's also righteous, isn't he, Dennis? Yes, in Psalm 11, verse 7, For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. And God is a God of grace. Duane, in 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. God of grace. God is also a God of mercy. Yes, and that is found in Psalm 59, verse 10. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. And God is also a God of incredible love. Love that is almost, is certainly indefinable. It's very difficult to even adequately describe it. In fact, I don't think we can adequately describe it. When we said everything we can say about it, the love that God has shown toward mankind, we still come up short. That's right. But what does it say in Romans 5 and verse 8, Dwayne? But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us so much that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now that also just demonstrates his mercy and his grace, doesn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm, it does. But certainly his love. And his love motivates I think we could say, his mercy and his grace. Mm -hmm. God loves us that much. My friend, if you're groping around wondering what life is all about, if you're finding yourself rather spiritually desolate and at a loss, you need to look upward first thing. Mm -hmm. You need to look toward God. You need to recognize the awesomeness of God, his glory and majesty, his magnificence. You've got to do that before you can find that real meaning in your life. You're not going to find it without recognizing God as God. That's where it starts. Now, once you've looked upward and you've recognized and openly admitted the magnificence and glory of God, then you can begin to look inward within yourself and develop obedient, active faith in God that can literally change your life for the better. Where do we find that faith? Through God's Word. That's right. We do. Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, let's begin by focusing on how God made you special. And you need to latch on to that. You're like nothing else God has created. God made you absolutely unique within all of creation. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, how does that read? Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea 
over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Don't you wish we'd have a little bit more written about that? <laughs> yeah. But that, that bears testimony to the fact that God's word is God's word. Yes. He doesn't go into all the depth and details that we would as human writers talking about, well, let me tell you about the soul. Let me tell you about the spirit. Let me tell you about what it's like and the force there and all of that and how it's connected. He just says God made us in his image. Yeah. Beings with a spiritual essence. Mm-hmm. And that makes us unique from everything else. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, Dwayne, in Genesis 5 and verse 1, it uses a little different word there. What does it say? This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. In the day that he created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we look like God, does it, Dennis? I don't think that's the reference we should get from that particular verse, Gary. It, uh, in my way of thinking at least, I, I believe you touched on it just a few moments ago, God made us as beings that have a spirit, a spiritual essence, different from any of the other animals he created. You know, so many people are animal lovers. Oh, yes. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, we can learn so, so much from from animals and in some cases have relationships with them, Mm -hmm. pets of various kinds, but they're still, at the end of the day, they're animals, aren't they? Yes, they are. You can teach a dog tricks, you can teach a horse tricks, you can even teach an elephant tricks. Mm -hmm. In fact, you can teach some in the sea world tricks, Mm -hmm. but you're still just teaching them tricks. Mm-hmm. Through, through reward motivation, you can train them to do certain things and also to abstain from other things mm-hmm. because you've taught them that if they do this, they get a reward. Mm-hmm. They get a lump of sugar. They get a handful of, of food. They get something. Mm-hmm. And if they do something that you don't want them to do, they get a swat of mm-hmm. some kind. Right. <laughs> or they incur your, your disapproval and they can sense that. Mm-hmm. But that's just training. Mm-hmm. God made us different. He made us with the inherent ability to understand, not just to be trained, but to, be, to understand the very concept of goodness and evil, of righteousness and unrighteousness. We understand what that's all about. We understand you don't murder because that's immoral. That's a concept that is absolutely beyond the ability of animals. They're not made with that spiritual essence. They're not made in the likeness of God. They don't have a soul. Mm -hmm. When they die, now I know that this this may bother some people. I, I still remember watching you know, a dog that we had as a pet for a great many years die before my very eyes. I cried mm-hmm. afterwards. But that dog did not have a soul. 
that went on. We have a soul that goes on after physical death because we were made absolutely unique among all of the rest of the creation. Mm -hmm. God created us in his likeness. You know, Gary, I'm reminded of, of something you said just a moment ago, that man has the ability to discern between good and evil. And it, it brought to mind a passage from Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. We're told there, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So this is something that man not only inherently possesses, but we also have the ability to train that within ourselves. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Conscience mm -hmm. is a product of training. Yes. But now why would we train our conscience to do right and abstain from wrong, except that we are inherently moral beings? Yes. Right created in the likeness of God. Mm -hmm. Now, for our listeners, as we're trying to make this particular point, you need to understand, you need to look inward. Once you've looked upward and you've recognized God as God and you've recognized and admitted he is awesome, he is a glorious God, all-powerful, totally righteous, completely holy, then you need to look within yourself and say, okay, now, what do I do about that realization? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning of the development of faith within you. Mm -hmm. You need to understand you're connected to God by virtue of the fact that he created you special among everything else that he created. Mm -hmm. He created you and you alone with a soul in his likeness. You know... Gary, Peter put it so well in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, when he said that as human beings, we are God's special possession. Oh. That's so beautiful. Special possession. Mm -hmm. Well, look inward. Now, we're going to continue to study in this particular point in our next program, next few programs, in fact, and talk about how, as we look inward, we need to respond to God whom we have seen and recognized in all of his glory when we looked upward. We do hope you'll tune in next time. We'd love to send you this whole series on CD for free. And we'd love to send you that Bible study that will help you learn right from God's word how to respond to him and all that he has done for you and offers to you. We hope to hear from you today.